Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Six pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in desire. Ah, I see. I it get worked. it. Perfect. It my name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And um, on the hilarious topic that we kind of briefly touched on a couple weeks ago, um... I'm still laughing about the email from the person that was like, how are you guys friends? You're so opposite. <laughs> That's right. It just like really made me think because I'm like, I just don't think of you as opposite me, but I, I know like it's the joke. Like you have an Android. I have an iPhone. Everybody knows this about mm-hmm. us. Like, and that's just natural. Well, so here's the thing is we agree on burial so we can be friends. And that's all that matters. Right. So because if you don't agree I mean, with me, get out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Summer out. cannot be friends with anyone who disagrees with her. <laughs> get out. Are you even a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but I had a funny thought of, and it made me laugh because I had this thought and then I immediately started laughing because I know that you feel the one like you could not feel more opposite than me on this I love thing. when you do this I love when I love playing this game so opposite yeah 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 oh I mean <laughs> it, we we know this and like but here's the thing is that I think because people people get so fired up on this topic and you and I couldn't care less like I couldn't care less how anybody else feels like I don't care at all um, but it was funny because here's the thought that I had that you you've never ever for one second related to. Oh, you've man. never related to this, okay? The thought that I had was, I would rather rip my toenails off than co-sleep. <laughs> please right (laughs) torture me to death before that please because I can't do that I can't I physically cannot do that I couldn't live I couldn't sleep um some of the nights that I did co-sleep just to survive were the worst nights of my life like the worst (laughs) memories like if I want to feel claustrophobic and like crying like if I had to be in a, if I was forced to be in a play and they were like okay you need to cry I would think about the nights that I co-slept my stomach is already nodding up just thinking about it <laughs> and I know for you it's like you could never put her down like you just keep her on you you know just like don't ever remove her you'll slither You'll lay there till she falls asleep and you'll slither out of the room. Like you love it. You love it so much. It's some of your happiest memories. If you were if you were in a play and you had to find joy, you would think about Georgia asleep on you. You know what I mean? Whereas me, yeah. like like I'm falling into the pit of despair. My life is ending. I hate it. yeah i did i did do the slithering for a little too long uh for those of you guys that are out there that are going a little nuts because you're nursing your baby to sleep and then slithering out of your bedroom (laughs) you your husband is right and you need to just (laughs) you need you need to you need to let them learn a little self-soothing now depending on the age but i'm just gonna go ahead and say if you're you know well actually i'm not gonna say an age because i feel like people will be like 
what? Yes. Oh, I mean, that, if you want to upset That's where the people, opinions come out. If you want to upset people, talk about this topic. <laughs> but like, that's the thing is like, I couldn't care less what you or anybody else, like, I don't need, I don't need your sleep. You know what I mean? Like your sleep right. life is not, yeah. does, it's not a thing for me. Well, and um, the only reason I say that, the only reason I say that is because as a co-sleeper, my, my almost four-year-old sleeps in like, she slept with me last night. She will sleep with me tonight. She doesn't have a bed. Right. Her bed is my bed. Right. Right. And, yeah. And at some point that's going to change. I get right. it, but it's just not right now. Right. But the only reason I say that is that. So the people on your side of the fence, they understand this is driving me nutty. I need to find a solution to yeah. this. Yeah. So the people on my side of the fence. Yeah. It'll when it starts driving you nutty, you love it. You love it, but it's driving you nutty. So that's the only reason I say it is just to say when it starts to drive you nutty, that's when you find the solution. Cause you really can't because <laughs> you won't be nutty the first five minutes. <laughs> the first right. yes. five minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know for really some people it's the spectrum. first five years. There's a spectrum. Yeah. Five minutes for me was how long I yep. lasted. Um, I don't understand. Yeah. And and again, I don't care. But it was just funny because I like I had the thought and then immediately I saw you and I was like, she's never, she's never felt this way. Mm. She's never felt like in a pit of despair because she was like co-sleeping. <laughs> um so anyway that's us that's joy and i android that's so funny she's an android co-sleeper i am and not a crib iphone user wait what <laughs> that doesn't make any sense okay you can leave us a voicemail 470-465-0475 funny enough actually google was like threatening to like take away that phone number i need to do something about that anyway I should write that down or I'm never going to remember. <laughs> um, here we are. Uh, here, Just here we are. We are. Oh, wait. I want to invite everybody really quickly to book club. This is. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, this is our this week will be the first week we actually discuss any of the books. So you're not too late. Um, if you still want to join or if you just, you know, I did have somebody ask, like, what's book club like? So real briefly, I'll tell you that um, it's like what you're listening to right now, except there's mm -hmm. other people in the chat. And then eventually we talk about a book. So, you know, yeah. you're here now that we're now that we're remote. It's like approximately 10 minutes of technical problems. <laughs> That's because and we're then... women, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> And then there's chatting. Ten minutes of and then up. we talk about the book. Yeah, it's yeah. Mm -hmm. We've had people in book club who were like went from we've they've been with us. They were like, I'm dating. Oh, we're engaged. Oh, we're getting married. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I just had my baby. Like we've had people yep. just with us. We get to know each other. It's been a great time. Um, I always say join book club for all the other really cool ladies that are in there. It's just mm -hmm. kind of a midweek fellowship hour. And uh, we try not to be too intense with the homework because who likes, who likes that? We all graduated. We don't need to go back to that. We're not in high school. Yeah. We're not your English teachers. So that's not how that goes. And that is happening live on patreon.com slash theologians uh, starting every Wednesday this week okay so uh we get the email a lot can you talk about singleness talk about it more um we we did have that we did we've done several episodes talking about marriage singleness we had nancy wilson mm -hmm. on to talk about her book single and satisfied which is really great really great resource if you're looking for one what I should go back and listen to that because I don't even recall. It was great. Oh, yes. It's Nancy Wilson. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Got it. Okay. I remember the episode now. Yeah. 
She's just, um, you know, dripping with lovely older Christian woman advice. And she's great. Uh, lots of respect for Nancy. Um, but we got this email and uh, we, this isn't just about singleness though. Like we get a lot of emails very much in this vein of like, I really want this good thing and I'm not getting it. What do I do? Mm -hmm. So the email that inspired this one was uh, a couple podcasts ago. You mentioned singleness as an affliction. I was hoping you could dive a little deeper into that. We have, but we'll do it again. She said, I've had Mm -hmm. friends and family that have always told me that my singleness is a gift. And throughout my young 20s, I thought it was always assuming that one day I would be married with children. Now at 31, a gift is the last thing it feels like. Yet when I tell people about this as an affliction or a burden, I'm met with accusations of coveting and jealousy. Perhaps that's true. But all I know is there's a deep ache and desire for marriage and children that others seem to want to sweep under the rug. So I guess I'm just asking for you to elaborate or even discuss if there are steps singles should take in this area. Perhaps it's just obvious that I should treat it as an affliction. It just seems like an insurmountable and everlasting one. I'm also going through a rough breakup, so I'm sure that emotion isn't helping anything. So here we are. Um, uh-huh. I do think, uh, so to answer that question, singleness, uh, yes, the, the E, the big Eva, you know, singleness is a gift is I think poor eisegesis of, uh, Paul discussing celibacy as a gift, uh, meant to use for the mission of the church that a rare subset of believers have him being one of them. Um, And basically what the church has done is take that and then just apply it to a bunch of people who desire marriage and do not have the gift of celibacy and ought to get married and ought to pursue marriage and family. And then we've told them like, Hey, so you're miserable and you want this good thing and you keep being frustrated in achieving this good thing. Um, but just go ahead and shut up and be happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unhelpful. Um, yes. Yeah. I would, I would say in general, if someone comes to you and says, I'm having a really hard time, the answer is not, well, Stop. just quit it well just start feeling better about it yeah um and i don't (laughs) i don't mean that in like a anti-toxic positivity kind of way i just mean it's a little unfeeling don't you think i think we're supposed to even if someone is like she even kind of acknowledged in her email like even if someone is discontent in their singleness or jealous in their singleness um all the more reason for you not to just be like can we move on can we move on from this not not a great friend move but here's the thing here's the thing once um a very good friend of mine we had this moment and uh i don't know that i've ever actually said this on cheologians yet but it's a little phrase that i think all the time And there's a whole story to it that I'm not going to get into. But basically, the phrase that came up was, it's not too late to make it right. Mm. It's not too late to make it right. Like, if you've done this to one of your friends, um, it's not too late to, you know, if you've done this to one of your single friends. um, You can stop. or (laughs) Yeah, you can just, you can just... uh, be a good friend now. (laughs) And, um, you know, that's not to say again, that, uh, the pain of unwanted singleness does not sometimes make us a little insufferable, um, or a little gloomy, but again, gloomy and sufferable people need good friends too. Um, (laughs) you're probably one of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I do think, uh, I think, yeah, I think there's a shift 
that needs to happen. I think, I think people, so one of the primary like high points of the gift of singleness is all this time for ministry, right? That's Mm -hmm. even like kind of what Paul is specifically talking about when he writes it in his context. He's basically saying like, look at what I have time to do. So what you're saying, what you're saying to someone who's like, I want this really good faithful thing, which is marriage and children. um, Basically what you're saying is like, well, what about this other very faithful thing? (laughs) But the point is, is it's, it's when you're a believer, it's good to just have faithful desires. Now, if someone's, I, I don't, and that's the thing is I don't think anyone's being like, well, I can't, I can't do ministry. I'm just going to wait till <laughs> I'm married. That's my only calling. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but I, th- yeah, I think what we've done is we've, and I, this I have definitely said before in Sheologians, I think what we're doing is behavior modification in that moment. And I'm going to translate behavior modification to something else, which is using negative reinforcement to convince yourself you don't want something that God says is really good and that I know and many people know uh, from experience is very good. Um, This is like a... I mean, maybe not for some, it's become popular somewhat recently to like hate kids and families and all that stuff. But in general, the experience that people have, I mean, this is one of the most overwhelming shared experiences we have is the love for our children specifically, and then love for a human being that we're intimate with in a way that we're not with anyone else. Um, so I think what you end up doing is you don't, it's not like there's discontent. And I would say, don't waste your time on that. Confront that. Uh, don't wait, don't wait to confront your stuff until you get married. Cause that's just, that's a waste of time. That's such a waste of, of God's grace. God's giving you breath and you're waiting on him to just give you good things, you know, um, which he will do. But also I think it just, it becomes this like punishment. You sell, you punish yourself for wanting something Mm -hmm. that is good. Right. When you can't have it, you're, you're trying to kind of mitigate disappointment a little bit. And we don't really do this with a lot of sins. Like when, if you were (laughs) like, if you're a liar, there's, and you're, you're being sanctified in your dishonesty. Like it, it's just not, there's not like anyone, nobody's really out there punishing themselves for, I, I, I don't know, maybe that's a bad, it's a bad comparison, but I just don't think there's a lot of, um, I don't think there's a lot of things, good things, good faithful desires that we punish ourselves for wanting, but not having. Yeah. Um, And I think that probably just indicates the, how deep the desire is, like how deeply felt it is um, to the point where you would really, you'd rather convince yourself you don't want it than want it and not have it. Um, and I think that's faithless. I think that's, there's unbelief there, but I, then I think that, um, in order to make people feel better, we've kind of, we don't help (laughs) that we don't help it. We almost sort of like encourage it like, Oh, well, yeah. You know, like, why don't you focus on this other thing for now? Um, and, but what you end up with is this desire that's not met this, uh, and, uh, and it's kind of like, okay, well, so you told me what I should do, but like, what do I, the desire is not going away. So what did I, what, what do I do with that? Right. Well, and I think something that is that sometimes people just need to hear 
sometimes something I have to tell myself is like, you can feel pain and still be faithful. Right. So a lot of times, you know, think about, think about something you might have to tell your kids. Like, let's say you have little kids and they're getting in little fights and it's like, well, she hit me. So I broke her toy and it's like, well, her inflicting pain on you did not mean that you had to do something unfaithful. Like you didn't have to sin because you were in pain. That's an immature way of viewing sin and desires (laughs) is saying like, since I'm in pain, it's actually the pain's fault that I'm doing this. It's like, well, well, no, um, just because you're in pain doesn't mean that you get a free pass of uh, being faithful. And so I, I kind of want to reframe the question a lot of times, especially with the singleness question is like, well, how can I possibly be content if I don't have what I want? Well, (laughs) that's the secret of contentment, right? (laughs) Um, Contentment kind of implies uh working to be content you know it's the rare it's called the rare jewel of christian contentment for a reason Mm -hmm. it's rare and it has to be worked for and it's it's prized to have um and it but it is it is actually possible so a lot of times the question is like i can only be content if i get what i want so how can i possibly be content because i'm not getting what i want well (laughs) you've actually just told me that you're not willing to be content Mm -hmm. and some people I think in the question are asking that some people aren't some people are genuinely asking okay what is the what are the practical state steps that I take like I'm not I have this desire um so one question I would have is okay are you being faithful in pursuing this desire Um, if the question is one of, I want to be married. Okay. Well, what are you doing to pursue that? And I understand for women, that's going to be a different answer than for men. And that's appropriate. But one thing that you should be doing as a woman is preparing yourself. You should be preparing yourself for marriage. How are you being faithful and becoming the kind of woman that a Christian man should want to marry? So step number one would be that pursuing and being faithful in being marryable. And then pursuing and being faithful where God has you. Um, If you're busy being faithful, there's not a ton of time for self-pity and discontent parties. Um, And honestly, who wants to marry a self-pitied, discontent person? (laughs) Like, if that's how you're spending it, that might be the reason why you're not married. I don't know. I can't tell you. Um, It might be the reason why you're not achieving, you know, whatever thing that you want to achieve. Um, but yeah, we, especially just Christianese, man, we don't want to give people, we give people these platitudes. We call things a gift that are afflictions and it doesn't actually end up encouraging anybody. And remember encouragement. I love this way of thinking of it. Encouragement literally means to put the courage into, Mm -hmm. right. And and we need that. People need that. Like your friends need that. They need to be encouraged. They need sometimes like you, you need someone to say, Hey, like, it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. Like have some courage, go do this thing. You can do it. Like encouragement is a Christian thing to give people. And I do think maybe some of us in like our, you know, hoity toity reformed culture, Like maybe we really stink at being encouraging. (laughs) Um, You know, Big Eva is bad at it because they encourage you towards all the wrong things. Um, They're peddlers of the third way and they're only good at Christianese. But us reformed folk, I think, could do a lot better at wanting to put the courage into others and be encouragers and be cheerleaders. And it's like when you hear your friend expressing a desire for something that is good don't discourage them from pursuing it and and encourage them to pursue it and that's that's the biblical model i mean think about how many times is paul like 
hey, do this, run the race, keep doing this, keep doing that. I'm not tired of reminding you of the gospel. I will tell it to you again. Like you need to hear this. I'm encouraged to hear of what you're doing. Um, those are Christian, those are Christian virtues and, um, it's good. It's good to want marriage. It's, it's good to want all kinds of things. Um, and the overly pious Gnostic types are just like, I don't know. They just say stupid things like, well, all I want is, you know, to know Jesus more. And it's like, well, that's good. But like, what does that even mean to you? Like, what does that, what does that even mean? Like, that's such a, if you can't tell me what that means and how that practically looks in your life, like, I don't really want to hear this thing that you're knocking with your like fake piety. Your family must be hungry and dirty. Yeah. (laughs) That's all you care about. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. Has nothing to do with this world and your children are like starving. It's like, shut up. Just stop. <laughs> stop. Stop it. Um yeah, I think sometimes too, uh um oh man, I had something and I'm having a big brain fart. Uh I was kind of gonna start leaning towards the um like well so you're talking about um pursuing faithful desires mm-hmm. and uh how we kind of so this kind of leads into the whole like pray for the things pray for your faithful desires if you have a desire for something faithful pray all the time pray without end um meaningful prayers full of belief um but i think that that like this this before we totally get there we can we can have that conversation again or in more depth but i think that we um sometimes like when we don't we do this thing you talking about the gnostics is what made me think of it Mm. but like our assumption that because we don't have the things we desire, we like attempt to look into like the secret will of God and his sovereign plan and be like, well, I must just, I must just not be meant to have it at this time. Like I must, I just must not have it at this time. And and this is this whole thing and, and, you know, we can have a conversation uh, at uh, maybe, I don't know if people are interested in how, how, like, what is God's plan for us? What does that look like? Um, does he like write out a story and then press play? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so sometimes I think we, well, this is just, I'll just reiterate something from the book prayer changes things which we just read for the for book club previously and which we've talked about on the show at length I would even say which is that um we like pray a few times for something and then we don't get it and so then we improperly tell ourselves well this is God's plan I prayed I didn't get a husband and so or I prayed I'm not pregnant I prayed I'm not being transformed in this way, this this issue of personal sanctification. Um, and so it just must be, it just must be God's will that I'm not, I don't have this right now. But it, it so it's God's will that you not fulfill your faithful desires. So God yeah. doesn't, he doesn't want you to be, faithful right he doesn't right you know like that's not a I, that's i think that's a common belief but i don't think it's yeah. a biblical one i guess is what i'm saying is that you have in the bible you have this call to be faithful you have this call to ask god for the things you desire in belief and then god gives those things to you yeah um 
and I'm just, I don't even want to get into the whole like, well, and then if you don't get it, then God must just not have wanted you to have that. I'm not, I'm done trying to peer into the secret will of God. What I do know about God is that he, he gives his kids good things. Yeah. And if you want good things, that's, that's glorifying to God. Think about like, if you want to just talk about nature, your nature, your desires. So what, Mm -hmm. like, if you're a secular humanist, you'd say impulses, behaviors, whatever. So this is all about, this is, this has a lot to do with just the anthropology of man in general, but we know that man is not just fizzing chemicals and impulses. We know that actually a huge part of who man is, is his desires, his desires one way or the other. And God is glorified by faithful, good desires. He's glorified because he sent his son to die, to win our heart towards those desires that God loves good desires. He loves faithful desires. Um, And so I just don't think, I don't think there's any reason for you to think like, well, I just shouldn't have that faithful desire just because I haven't seen the fruit or at least what I perceive would be the fruit or the answer to that prayer. Um, You're, you're, you're just, you're off on that. Mm -hmm. I get that that's a very popular view but that's just not how it works. Like, and it almost kind of, it almost, again, it's a conversation we can have more at length, but cause it makes sense that like, if God doesn't answer your prayers, it's cause he didn't answer your prayer. He determined that answering your prayer was not something he was going to do. But I think that you just, we need to be, we need to be a little more black and white. Yeah. We need to be a little more, are my desires good? Are my desires bad? And then not trying to, not trying to diagnose, well, why do I have these desires? And what the truth is, if you have good desires, it's because you're saved. That's why. Right. You're saved. You have a new nature. You're a new man. Right. Um, and then it's like, well, well, why, why, why can't I get this thing? that I'm desiring. I need to psychologize myself and, and determine if it's X, Y, and Z that's making me, uh, not get what's, what are the barriers standing in my way? Um, and there might be barriers again, like you said, like you might, you might not be married because you're gloomy and sad all the time that you're not married. Um, so there's barriers, but I think, I think we need to stop we need to stop trying to like do this self-help diagnosis thing because I I really, so, okay, this is the best way to say what I'm trying to say. The best way to get your faithful desires is to pray to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there are other helpful things, of course, but ask God for them. Yeah. That's the, that's the best way. That's my, that's the argument I'm making is that there's plenty of other things you can do, but the best way and probably the way that you're neglecting is praying to God and asking him to give you your desires. Yeah. Well, and on that too, it's funny. I saw this, uh, I don't know, post the other day that just really hit me so hard. It made me laugh, but it was this, I don't you know, you've probably seen a million like it where it's like, you know, I get up, I, I work eight hours. I do this. I do that. I only have four hours left to live. And I have to spend like those four hours, like two of them getting ready for the next eight hours of work. And like, how is this life? You know? And, um, it made me laugh because I've been watching, uh, as you all know, I've been watching alone and just really for a long time now thinking about how, Life before industrialization, before so many technologies, was so hard. Like, it was life and death. It was like, if I didn't catch a fish today, I didn't eat. And it's not just that you had to, like, have the know-how to catch the fish. You also had to have the know-how how how to uh, 
process and then cook the fish. And if you did that wrong, you're going to like die of scurvy or something like, and by the way, in order to cook the fish, you had to know how to start a fire. And by the way, in order to start that fire, you had to like have tools, like, like a day, like an eight hour process just to eat one meal is something that like almost zero of us can relate to. Like if yeah. if you and I are spending eight hours on a meal, it's by choice. <laughs> like, and um, it's Thanksgiving. It's yeah. Like <laughs> it's because we're making a feat. You know what I mean? Like, so all that to say is like, it's so funny. Us moderns are so impatient. We're like, I prayed about it once mm-hmm. and it's not happening. And I'm just thinking about the lack of tenacity, the lack of tenacity is, is on a scale that is like unreal. And it's like, you have never done, you've never prayed for three hours. Like you've never done it. Whoever's listening, like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Like so few people have even spent an hour in prayer mm-hmm. and and let me tell you what it's hard to do and it's the thing that you have to like learn and like actually practice to like even get yep. there but yeah we do we make uh we make excuses but another thought i had was like i think one reason why people have a hard time imagining their desires to be faithful is that we also don't really talk about how there is a category of sinful desire. Like there are desires that inherently are sin. And I think some of this, I'm going to go ahead and blame on all like the gay Christianity stuff that has so permeated everything where Mm -hmm. like we have totally been telling people that like something is not sin unless you act on it. Um, And so that has warped our idea of like faithful desires and like whether or not desiring something is faithful or unfaithful. And so I'm just here to tell you, like, if you desire sin, if you want, if you're like wanting something sinful, that's sin. Uh, It's, it's like heresy to say, like, if this is again, part of the gay Christian movement, um, you know, they will say that like part of Jesus, oh, I like hate saying this. This is so gross. Okay. Well, I think I read this in like TGC Australia a couple years ago though, and it hurts my stomach. But um, the argument is essentially that like in order for Jesus to be my advocate, this is the, this is the like gay person talking. I know, I know. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is so bad. In order for Jesus to be my advocate, since I desire gay stuff, then he had to have been, in order for that verse in Hebrews about how he was tempted in every way as us, but knew no sin, that he had to have had the same gay temptations. That's heresy. That's heresy because Jesus never sinned, desiring to sin desiring a sin is sinful it is sinful to desire sin um so jesus never just like to be super clear (laughs) jesus never desired anything he never sinned in his thoughts or in his action he never entertained jesus never entertained sinful desire his desires, he knew no sin. He was without sin. Okay. So all of his desires were faithful desires. So just to be super clear, <laughs> but since we don't have this, like we don't make these distinctions really. Um, and we make excuses for ourselves and we say stupid things like, well, it's not sin unless you act on it. Um, I think we've kind of lost a robust position on like 
how good it is to desire good things. And like you said, like your desire is in line with your nature. So if you have a new nature, yes, you're still a sinner, but your desires by and large are being sanctified to look more like Christ and are going to be for things that are good. And how do you know if your desires are faithful? Are they for good? Um, If you have a desire where you're like, no, it's actually good to desire marriage. Is it good to constantly be in discontent? No, that can be dealt with. You can be, you can feel the pain. I'm sorry to tell everybody, you can feel the pain of frustration and not getting what you want without sinning. Like it's not, it's not going to work to stand before the Lord one day and say like, Lord, I know that I was like super bitter and like, jealous and envious but like I was in so much pain because I just wanted to be married and you know marriage is good like that's not gonna work <laughs> right it's not gonna well it's not gonna work um that's not a faithful explanation um but this kind of reminds me of the conversation around forgiveness as well you and I you know we say some super unpopular things about forgiveness but there's this this belief that in order for you to not be a horrible bitter person that you have to engage in this moralistic therapeutic idea of forgiveness being for mostly for you, you know, for the one who's been wronged, but forgiveness is for the wrongdoer. <laughs> like, yeah. that's you know what I mean? Like, but your only choices at scripture, scripture doesn't give you like, Hey, there's only two choices. You're either going to forgive this unrepentant person who is not sorry at all and doesn't want your forgiveness, or you're going to be bitter, angry, lonely for the rest of your life. That those are not the options given to us in, in scripture. Um, and it, in your option isn't, I either get my desire or I just be discontent and angry and if you're telling yourself and if you're feeling that way if you're feeling like those are my only two options then you're you're not believing something i don't know what it is in your personal case but you're not believing something you're believing a lie yeah yeah hmm i don't think think, you know i think that'll go over well with the people who listen to this (laughs) podcast if you had like posted some version of that on Twitter, say, Twitter. uh-huh, it maybe wouldn't not so well, but maybe didn't go over so well. Um, but yeah, I think that well, this seems to be so. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm in, I'm in like a new era. So Sheologians like goes through these eras, just we do. kind of depending on what Summer and I are going through. Yeah. And I'm in like a stop and think about it type of era. Mm-hmm. And it's not, that's not just don't, please don't hear some psycho babble about like self-exploration. Please do not explore yourself. Please yeah. don't. It's not worth it. <laughs> if you explore yourself, you're going to find, find your sin uh-huh. <laughs> immediately and then be like, oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> All I see is a sewer. <laughs> oh, I discovered it. I'm the problem. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I don't know. I think maybe uh, the best way to put this maybe is that if I could s- say something to, if I could say something, this, because we were talking about like the desire for marriage, if I could say something to myself, I'm getting all caught up in like, I'm doing like a time travel thing where I want to like set a bunch of rules. I'm not going to do that. Don't do it. There's no rules here. (laughs) This is, yeah. um, My current era uh, is, is I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Time time travel scenarios are really hard for me because I want to know all the rules. So I I don't know why I did this to myself. (laughs) And I am over here not believing the rules apply to me. (laughs) As usual. Again, opposite, opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I would say, uh, so I would, okay. Summer kind of already said it, but I would, if I could say something to that girl, 
knowing, I mean, I'm married now, so I'm not saying, I don't know if I could just say something to myself looking back, I would say you're not praying. Mm. You're not really praying. You're feeling the desire more and feeling bad for yourself more. Mm. Um, and and that matters infinitely more than people telling you chin up at least you have time to go do evangelism that's <laughs> infinitely more impactful i'm sorry you might want to believe they're the huge problem of this scenario but remember you're the problem you're I the problem it. you're the problem <laughs> um not everyone else <laughs> but i would also just say that it, it well it's kind of like what you were saying summer is just like prepare yourself like if you're if you're so gung-ho about your faithful desires and that is what you have just hung your hat on you have become so obsessed and it's like so some of your desires are faithful but like are you faithful in your behavior yeah are you sinning unrepentantly um that's what i would have said to that girl is you're not actually praying and you're sinning unrepentantly yeah and um and that advice that advice has really nothing to do with whether or not like that's could be advice for people who are married people who who aren't married and want to be married people who are married and have kids and want more kids people who are married that don't have any kids like kids children (laughs) like those are those are I, I just think that um so godly desires are not a distra a distraction yeah from godliness if your faithful desires have distracted you from faithfulness you're pretending right to be faithful yeah yeah. You're hanging, you're like, oh, I see this. I see the growth in me. I see the sanctification. I see the new nature. And now I'm hanging my hat on that and using it as an excuse to not actually do anything faithful. Yeah. And you can well, desires should be accompanied by faithful living. Right. That's one way to know if your desires are actually faithful is like, well, what are they accompanied by? Are are your faithful desires accompanied by faithful living towards those ends? Because if not, then maybe you need to reevaluate. Yeah. Well, and if you're, if you want to know, like, how do I pray? Like, how do I pray with belief? Like, do you believe God for your, faithfulness otherwise do you believe what god says about how right what what is faithful in general right um if you are if you're acting in an unbelieving way chronically unrepentantly it's likely that your prayers are not very full of belief either right really like yeah yeah like if you i mean yeah, I was going to give a specific example, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. It keeps popping into my head, but I feel like it's just a little too much. It's too much. Got it's it. just okay. like a little too in your face. <laughs> wow. I didn't know. Do we have limits? We have limits. Okay. Joy just found her limit. Whatever it is. I just don't. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be incendiary. Maybe this is obvious. But like, I don't, I, I feel like I've, I've hemmed and hawed too long now and now I have to say it because what's the point? But I do, I, the big one is I feel like just, you know, you already brought up sexual immorality, but like if you so desperately want to be married, but you're constantly engaging in sexual immorality, whether that be pornography, uh, anything else, 
it's obvious. We we know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big umbrella. If you know to, what goes under it. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't, if you're pretending you don't know what it is, you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, <laughs> but so I'm just saying like, like that there's something off there. So I I do really think you have to think about it. You need to think about it. You can't, it's really easy to just label your desires as faithful because the Bible says they're good things, which that's great. That's, that is, that's totally the standard for objectively what is right. But I'm just saying you can't hide under that and be a horrible, immoral sinner too. Right. Right. And it's a good, it's just a good litmus test. It's a good litmus test. And again, we just get a lot of questions about like, Hey, I want this thing. Is it bad? And so the litmus test is like, well, number one, um, if God says it's good, then it's good. So, right. You know, don't worry about what, if you want something that God says is good, then you're probably that in makes the clear. sense that yes. you'd want it. <laughs> and then secondly, you know, um, are you living faithfully towards that desire? And it's a pretty clear yes or no. <laughs> like you can pursue something faithfully. You can pursue something sinfully. And uh, if you're not sure where to start, start in prayer. That could yeah. have been the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and faithful living is not a means to getting married like newsflash plenty of people got married when they were being unfaithful yeah we're just talking about the desire aspect of it like yeah. if you or if you're right. sitting there going you know no i'm doing all the right things it's like okay well are you and if you are great then continue doing them and trust in the lord and don't tell yourself the lie that you can't be faithful if you're feeling pain because you can right well, because if you're not doing that, then you're not doing the right thing, actually. <laughs> you're rejecting contentment. So that's you were you were doing really good and then you just right up until that point. That was your spot. <laughs> but it's good to know where you're failing. Think yeah. about it. That's what I mean. Like it's good again, it's not a self-exploration thing, but you need to know. You're gonna have to intentionally think about what you're doing. You're gonna have to be able to be real with yourself and honestly look at what you're doing yeah be convicted and get accountability yeah i mean it's that easy <laughs> truly i said easy and i was like totally kidding by the way because it's yeah. hard the christian life is hard yeah. but it's good you heard it here on <laughs> theologians just it's just easy <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, guys, you can leave us a voicemail, 470-465-0475. Don't forget to join us for a book club at patreon.com slash theologians or just support the show. And we will see you guys next week. See ya. See ya.